This is Joe Polizzi, author of The Will to Die, a novel of suspense, and you are listening to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. Hello, and welcome to this hopefully short-lived series that will be airing in addition to the weekly marketing book podcast interviews. I'm your host, Douglas Burdett, and my goal is to reconnect you with past guests on the marketing book podcast, share some ideas and inspiration, and maybe a much-needed laugh or two. I've interviewed over 200 authors on the show, and my plan is to continue this series until I run out of authors or quarantine, whichever comes first. A word of warning, the host and guest may very likely be consuming cocktails during these conversations. If you'd like to join the conversation, go to marketingbookpodcast.com and click on the orange button to record your question or comment, and I may include it in a future episode. I'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, connect with me on LinkedIn where we can chat. So, Joe Polizzi, welcome to Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. Where are you right now? Well, I have been stationed in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, and uh, that's I'm not going anywhere. I've been here, and uh, right now I'm in, enjoying my Corona, which we talked about before we started discussing this. Yes, but you're I think drinking this is coronavirus. I see what you're doing there, but what you said they're not making that anymore. I heard that they stopped production. Now I'm sure they'll go back to it, but poor Corona beer. I mean, they've they've got to be thinking about a name change or something, right? Oh man, I, yeah. So I'm going to do everything I can to help that company. And yeah, I, think I mean, it's going down nice beer, and smooth. You know, yeah, absolutely. So where I are you at right now? Are you I'm at in, home? I'm in Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah, which is where I normally am, but I'm at home instead of. At the uh, marketing book podcast uh, world headquarters, uh, <laughs> have office. you been going? Have you been staying at home? Have you been going into world headquarters at all? Or are you just um, your home? I've stopped by uh, once or twice just to check the mail. Nobody's there now. Everyone's working from home, and so I'm I'm at the house now. And my uh, daughter, this college senior, comes home for spring break, and then was told, "Don't come back." So oh, <laughs> she's here, man. you know. Like so many seniors, uh, is she devastated? Well, she was very, very disappointed, you know, because this is a. Um, she was looking forward to some of the ceremonies. It's a small school with a lot of tradition, and she is now having to do Zoom for classes, and she's starting to take exams and finish up papers, and just you know, disappointed. I think like a lot of probably high school seniors, college seniors, and 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 that type of thing, and. Was your son going to start school next fall, university? Yeah, he's he's a senior in high school right now. And he so he's going through this, probably a similar thing as your, your daughter is. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very excited about being in the music. This is his first time in the musical this year. That's not going to happen, doesn't look like. Because, uh, I mean, they're done. They're technically on spring break right now, but it doesn't seem any different <laughs> than when they're going to school. They're just on videos every once, Zoom videos every once in a while. But uh, yeah, we're we're having to, that discussion, my wife and I, about what's going on in the fall. He's uh, planning on going to Mercyhurst in Erie, Pennsylvania, but we, you know, we don't know. We, mm. I, who knows at this point? I mean, I, I've, I've been, I'm sure, like you, I've been listening to a ton of podcasts, talking to a number of people, and especially in the educational space, I've been hearing that they're planning. In a lot of colleges and universities are planning to do, uh, you know, stay at home. Do, do video classes for the first semester. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's oh, gone. I mean, goodness. so so my the two worlds that I've been 
living in recently. One, of course, is the physical event space, which you know I've been in for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And the other one, I'm just because I'm interested because I have a son going into college is the educational space. And both of them are basically, it's almost like 2020 doesn't exist. For the for My prediction is, from what I'm hearing, you've got a number of universities just aren't going to take the chance to put kids together, at least for the first couple months. And then I'm sure you heard Microsoft canceled all their physical events up through July 2021. Whoa. Yep. It's starting right now. You've got uh, SAP just did the same thing. I think they canceled all their events in 2020. And now you're going to see the dominoes fall. And a number of, uh, of event producers are just going to call it. They're just, you know, I, it, it, it's devastating to so many of our friends that run events, that speak. and um, Well, like the company that bought Content Marketing Institute. Yeah, that's right. I mean, Content Marketing World, I'm sure they're, they're st- right now they're still on for October, but I'm sure they're looking at it and they're going to have to make a tough decision. I mean, in the the company that owns Content Marketing World and Forma, I mean, they own events all over the world. So they've got events in China and Europe. And so they're, they've got to figure out what their go forward strategy is. And I, I don't envy them being in their shoes right now. Yeah. So you have been working at home for a number of years. I'm wondering, other than probably having a lot of travel uh, canceled, um, you were already kind of in the groove of, of being at home to a certain extent, I guess. Is that right? Yeah. 2007 is when I left corporate environment. So 13 years I've been working from home now from, let's say, 2008 to 2017, I was traveling 40, 50% of the time. So mm-hmm. I was on the road all the time, you know, doing 40 or 50 speeches a year all over the world. And then cut that back, as you know, in 2018 and started to get back on the road 2019 and then here in 2020. So, I mean, I had scheduled speeches in April and May and I think one in June. And then it was really starting to kick in with international events in September and October. Now, those are still on. But (laughs) if you ask me, if I was a betting man, which I am, I would probably say that that those aren't going to happen. And I, you know. It's you just have to look at it with some common sense and see what's going on right now. You'd like to think that we'll get back to some kind of normalcy in four to six weeks, but I honestly don't think that's going to come to the the event space for uh, for for nine months, a year. Yeah. So, Joe, you're a still a season ticket holder to the Cleveland Browns. Is that correct? Yes. <laughs> somewhat proudly i guess well i've seen them i've seen them lose about 10 times more than i've seen them win so I, i'll i'll wear that to my grave well, yes it's all about being a fan you know that's not, right not a yes. fair weather fan and uh <laughs> and again they still have a better record than my college which thought uh, my college our last winning season was my uh, senior year, which was early in the Reagan administration. Okay, just to give you a sense of timing. <laughs> but have you heard from the Cleveland Browns saying, "Hey, uh, we're not sure what's going on. Please keep your tickets." Uh, they basically said everything's up in the air right now. And what we have heard, because we're also season ticket holders, we've got a partial plan for the Cleveland Indians for oh. Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And right now. We we had actually tickets in March, which is crazy, but we exchanged all of our March and April tickets. We did this a couple of weeks ago, and then they shut everything down. They basically said, "We're not, we're not. You can't do anything. You can't go into the system and do anything with your tickets because we don't know what's going to happen." 
So that's way up in the air. I mean, I don't know when I'm going to get to a baseball game this year. Uh, I heard something on CBS Sports that said they're thinking about maybe starting uh, baseball, Major League Baseball games in Arizona and televise them. I don't know. With no one in the stands? With no one's in the stands. Yeah. yeah. And just, do, I don't know. It's so crazy. I'd I mean, watch geez. it. <laughs> I absolutely would watch it. Yeah. Uh, because all they're doing right now is every day they're they're doing uh, whatever it is, MLB 2K20 or something like that. And they're doing simulated games and they're having the real announcers announce three-minute games. Mm, yeah, I've kind of stopped it's, watching it's the same thing. all yeah. those sports channels. Um, but I have started watching Sunderland Till I Die, which is on Netflix about the Sunderland Football Club in uh, England. I didn't even know that was a thing. I'll yeah, have to look. because I like it, watching you I, know, on the weekends. I'll watch a little Premier League. And uh, this is an interesting, you know, it's, it's just a really good Netflix um, series about this one particular team that's struggling. Hey, that might be doing really well in Cleveland uh, amongst the Browns fans. But, Joe, <laughs> let me ask you something. Hey, I kid yes. because I love, because my of heart course. goes out to those Browns. Because, yes. again, they get disappointed about losing, and I'm thinking, hey, hold my beer. <laughs> my school has really struggled, uh, but we still love them. When you were last on the Marketing Book Podcast, we talked about The Will to Die, a novel of suspense, and it's the first uh, novel of suspense I've had on the Marketing Book Podcast because <laughs> I tend to have marketing books uh, like the ones you you've You only written. did it. Yeah, you only did it because I forced you to. I said, come on, there's there's the guy who's the main character in this comes from a marketing background. Right, so right. It counts. It has well, to count. Absolutely. The listeners loved it. And the guy's name is Pollitt, and we both know Chad uh, Pollitt. So, Chad you know. Pollitt, yeah, and um, who, who actually thinks that Will Pollitt is like a long-lost relative of his. Yes, yes. Be. And let's go with that in case Chad is, is listening. But uh, we had I, – I got to interview you about that, um, and it was the first audio book I've ever listened to. Now it's out in print. And I just happened to look on Amazon, and the Kindle is two ninety nine. You know, this is a good time for people to maybe pick up some uh, fiction, and I would suggest uh, The Will to Die. Uh, it's a very exciting, and I think you said that's not your last one. You've got another one in the works, maybe? Um, yeah, uh, I just passed the 10,000-word mark for the uh, the second book of the series, the Will Pollitt series. So uh, my goal, not I mean, honestly, my goal initially Douglas was to get this out at the same time next year as the first one. So it'd be March of 2021. But since I have a little more time at home, uh, I'm saying I'm going to get the manuscript done before June. So I'll finish it up and we'll get it into editing. And I'm hope hopeful that by the fall, we'll have the, uh, the second book in the series. So we'll, we'll, we will see. So you eased into writing uh, the will to die by writing a book with Robert Rose called Killing Marketing, at which point I noticed this death theme. So is the next one... <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I, yeah, I don't want you to get yes. it all away, but, uh, yeah. you know, it's... it's. Uh, there, I don't know what the name of this is going to be, but there's absolutely more killing and more dying in this one, unfortunately. It's a weird... It's actually a weird time right now to be a mystery thriller writer. Because I'm out there. I mean, the, this thing, the book launches at the same time as the Rona came out. And it's just, it's just not comfortable. I'm not comfortable with pushing out the will to die when, you know, there are a lot of people in trouble. But that said, 
it is an escape. Yes. Yes. I'm I'm throwing it out as an escape. It's, you know, it's, it's all in good fun. And, uh, and then the first chapter of, of the next book, uh, yeah, somebody dies. (laughs) <laughs> right, right in the first chapter. So yes, there will be more. Sign me more up. Dying, and and hopefully Will Pollitt will survive this one, so that there can be a third book. Yeah, he's sort we'll of your Jack book. Ryan. He's a Jack Ryan and a Jack Reacher, with way more flaws and a lot less talent. If that's well, if he that's does a own a marketing agency, so he does. Um, <laughs> he does. So he's like all. I, of I had to say that because I know you were too polite to say it. Um, he thinks like a marketer. He, yes, he does. He looks, at, he, he looks at he looks at his analytics and he's got the the brain for it. But yeah, he every everything's a marketing challenge. <laughs> right. so. Now, when when you were last on, I mentioned that you had taken a bucket list trip to Sicily with your dad, and you met sixty of your cousins for the first time. And when I hear about all this going on, uh, the, the struggles are having in Italy, have you heard from any of your family back there? I have actually, it's, it's interesting. Well, first of all, yes, I took the trip with my father, which was unbelievable. We spent a couple weeks in, uh, in Sicily and Italy, uh, and on the West coast. So my family is from Marsala, Italy, which is the furthest West Western point of the Island of Sicily. And I've been keeping in touch on WhatsApp and, and me- uh, Facebook Messenger with my cousins over there. And I think the first time I pinged them was probably four weeks ago. Before, I would say before everything started going down here in the United States, where we actually were thinking this is going to be a thing here. And I'm like, what? what's going on? And, and my, it's funny. My cousin says, we're already locked in. It's been a week. We're not going anywhere. It's getting really bad. And he, he said, please tell your president this is not the flu. That's all my cousin <laughs> told me to say. I'm like, okay, it's not the flu. And uh, and then I keep checking back in. And there, see, there, my cousin's family, and he's got two small girls. They're five weeks now inside. So maybe Still doing six. okay, though. Maybe they're going. They're doing fine. Everything's fine, but it's Good. much different than it is here. Like I don't know what it's like in Virginia, but in Ohio, you can still go outside. Uh, you can still go to the grocery store. You know, people just stay six to eight feet away. That's not the case in Italy. Like if you go outside, and, and my and my uh, my cousin that I talked to is in Milan, so he's in the heart of this whole oh, thing. Okay. And my my other cousins are in Sicily, but he is he has moved to Milan. Isn't Milan uh, the 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 epicenter it's a, absolutely that's where the worst is and what what i've learned is is that if you go outside did the police tell you to get back in like you you can't go out and one person has like a designated grocery store run a week and you got to have papers and all kinds of stuff which so knowing that and then looking at how bad it it it, it was and is in italy and then you see what's going on in the united states you know that this thing is not going to be over in the next couple of weeks. I mm. mean, we've got, we've got a long road ahead of us just for the fact not, I'm not making a, any statements here just for the fact that you, Americans we're out talk, still talking to people. I mean, you got whatever, six, eight States are still open for business. A lot of people aren't self distancing. So mm. whatever, but so we just got to, you know, deal with it. I, and that's that. And so that goes into the business of marketing and advertising and events. Yeah. And it's going to last a lot longer than we think. Well, I think so. that it's really uh, difficult for companies like the one that bought um, Content Marketing World and some yeah. of the others. 
I, I don't know what they're going to do right now, and there's nothing they can do. But the silver lining, I hope, is that after all of this uh, clears up, however that's determined, more than ever, people are going to appreciate the value of in-person events and the spontaneity yes. and the learning and the, 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 the fact that you can shake hands and, and meet people. What do you think marketers should be thinking about? What should they be doing? Um, what, what kind of questions are you getting from folks? Well, well, first of all, just to follow up on what you're saying, because I don't want to be all, you know, it, it, what we're going through, it is what it is, right? We're all dealing with it. But you can, you, I think we need to look at it as marketers and human beings that, that in some ways this is a gift. We, we have, I don't know about you, Douglas, but I've had a, an opportunity to spend more time with my family mm -hmm. than ever before. Uh, I, I've been able to, um, to think about things a little bit different, maybe not take some things for granted. So I'm hoping that humanity comes out of this with, with, uh, better than we, we were when we went in. So that, that said, another amazing time for marketing folks. And, uh, I mean, you know this, but my wife and I, we started Content Marketing Institute right at the heart, at the start of the Great Recession, 2008. So what we learned at that time is, is that those marketers, those entrepreneurs that invest during this time and really invest in their marketing, invest in their communication with customers, invest in building an audience, whenever this is done, you will be coming out on top. Because there's so many of your competitors right now that are battening down the hatches, mm -hmm. right? They're like, okay, we're not spending anything. And I get it, right? I mean, we, we, we all understand that mentality. Some businesses have to do that. You don't have a choice. But if you at all have the choice at all, this is where the, you know, Disney started in a recession. General Electric started in a recession. Burger King started in a recession. We're obviously in a recession now. I don't know how bad it's going to get. But the... The first and foremost, if you're a marketer, you, you've got to be focused on building your audience mm. and what and what that means and how you do that. Um, it's funny. I was well, I don't know if you ever listened to the James Altucher podcast, mm -hmm. but so I was listening to James Altucher and he had uh, Professor Scott Galloway on who also has a really good new podcast out. And they were talking about content marketing, which is hard to believe And I'm listening to this and and. Professor Galloway says that a lot of people just miss this whole thing happening, but content is a feature now of every enterprise brand. Like you have to have it. You know, Apple has their own content division. Amazon has it. Google has it. Uh, every, you know, every company has content and they're treating it seriously. Now in this time that we're at, if you, no matter, I don't care what size company you are, uh, if you're a small business or an enterprise, that's when I would be saying, look, how, and I get, I get it, maybe cut things that are unnecessary, but you need to double down right now on your communications with your customers. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. And please stop sending the COVID-19 emails. We don't need any more of those. Oh. But <laughs> I know it's aside, becoming it's it's uh, I think it was Jay Bear. He's been really making fun of these companies. And I'm like, all these companies I may have once filled out a form with or done a purchase from them. I'm hearing uh, what they're doing in COVID-19. And I'm just thinking, yeah, you know, that's still all about you. <laughs> yeah. Here's I, I think, our, yeah. Here's our plan. Our thing It's like, all, all you want to focus on is how are you going to help that customer's 
life in some way, help their job in some way, if you're a B2B company, whatever you're, whatever that content niche is that you have, you need to be doubling down on that and delivering amazing. And by the way, you can. I think now we also have the opportunity to be really creative and experimental because people will allow for that. Like you are with this. I mean, this is <laughs> right. me, right? This alcohol-related event, yes. Hey, there's, like, this is a great idea. We've all got a little extra time. We're happy to do it. People are more helpful right now than they've ever been before. Well, They're more open to ideas right now because we have to. We have nowhere to go. We have to listen to this stuff. So let's just – so I, I'm looking at this. You're going to – the greatest – the next generation of the greatest companies ever created are going to be created right now. Amen. And um, if you if you know that, if, you, if you're aware of it, that's a great opportunity for an entrepreneur or a marketer to really say, now we can create that show we always wanted to create. Now we can do that podcast we always wanted to do. And being constricted in your resources is a good thing. It's a really, really good thing. Like, it's funny if you watch, for example, you got uh, some of the CNN broadcasts, you've got the broadcasters that are doing it from their houses. And they're cut. I mean, all these production costs are now the production costs, you know, they make it a lot better, but they don't make it that much better. You're still getting 80 percent of the program, right? You're still seeing the 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 broad the newscaster. You're still seeing the show. Um, so I think what we're going to do come out of this is we're going to realize we don't need all that production value because, frankly, we have a good microphone and a good camera. I mean, it's <laughs> pretty much all you need today. And everyone's got that. So we're, we're all we're all sort of at the same point. And I think it's if we look at it as an opportunity, it, it could be one of the greatest opportunities we'll ever see in our lifetime. Absolutely. And there are things that are changing now that we don't realize it, but they're going to become permanent changes. And I think there's this explosion of people rethinking everything. And that's a good thing. For instance, uh, my son is a, an EMT in uh, Virginia Beach and the Outer Banks. And I was having this conversation with him about how they're, what they're doing is different, given what the situation is. And he said there are certain protocols and things they're doing differently that they should have always been doing. But there was this sort of inertia. You know, all kinds of businesses or organizations have that. And they're thinking, oh, well, this is a good time to change that. <laughs> it's actually better for everybody. And so even at work, you know, talking to a client today, we realized, you know what, let's not do that anymore. You know, what, why were we doing that? So it's in, a, in a, the silver lining is it's a very refreshing uh, way that that you know people are thinking about. And I want to ask you about video because it seems like because of this, there's going to be a heightened uh, understanding and appreciation of having the next best thing to a human to human contact, which is video. Uh, it's it's so funny. I, I mean, I may be in a different camp on this, Douglas, but um, and yes, we're, everybody's on Zoom. Everybody's getting I mean, it, it looks like the future of education, education itself. You talk about rethinking something. We're all rethinking education. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of private schools, grade schools, high schools and colleges that are going to go out of business in the next year because we're going we're to say, well, if, if we're going to have to do this through video, I don't see, you know, if you're not doing an on-campus experience. Yeah, I don't know why she needs to go there for four years. I mean, you're talking to a guy right. that just paid his last tuition payment and, <laughs> yeah, I would say, and yeah, you're so just you're, about to start. So yeah, I think that a lot of folks gotta, are rethinking re that and all the that's debt. A, oh my goodness. At least in the United States where they, uh, 
the people pay so much for uh, higher education in certain instances. Well, it's funny if you if you look at teachers. Um, I mean, if I'm a teacher right now, I'm really focused on building an audience around some expertise, and I'm doubling down on my setup. I'm making sure I got a good camera, a good background, good lighting, so that I know, like you really have to have different kind of presentation skills. So from that standpoint, yes, and we're all getting used to paying attention to video, or whatever. But I still think that the audio channel is what what I think most people should be focused on. Like oh. the, I really do still believe, especially with voice technology, speech, voice to speech, uh, text to speech, uh, all that's going to happen. Where we're like right now, most of our searches are still done through a keyboard. That's not going to happen for you know in, in five ten years it's going to be voice activated um if you all searches are going to be voice related uh i i really do think that if you know if you're asking me what my if i was going to create a new show it, it would not be a video show i know everybody wants to see my bald head on video but i would do it i would do it as a podcast. <clears throat> excuse me i just took another <laughs> drink and i just want to say that joe you are not an unattractive man i'm just you got those Mediterranean good looks, you know, the Sicilians. Come on, come on. Nobody wants to see this, but they don't mind listening to me, or, or I guess either of us in this case. But I think that's where the opportunity is, especially with the low production costs and um, and the ability to distribute content so easily, much more easily than video, in my opinion. Yes, that's, um, that's true. And, you know, I remember listening to podcasts in 2014, and uh, I remember – when you and Robert started this old marketing, which you uh, paused and now you're back on and I, everyone should, on. everyone should yep. check out this whole marketing with Robert Rose and Joe Polizzi. And I remember exactly where I was when I listened to that first episode. And I remember hearing from people like you and Michael Stelzner from the social media marketing uh, podcast and uh, some other folks, Mark Schaefer and they all talked about how when you would go to an event or you would meet people, they would in the past maybe say, yeah, I've seen your blog. Yeah. But once you started doing a podcast, that's what all you heard about. People would come to you and say, oh, I listen to your podcast. I feel like I know you. It's, that's absolutely true. Because hey, when, I, when I first started to go out speaking, like to your point, they say, oh, my gosh, Joe, we loved your book, Content Inc., or Killing Marketing, or whatever. As soon as we started the podcast, it was always the podcast. Oh, my God, this old marketing. Oh, my God. And it's it's amazing that the, the way that you can um, reach out and bond with somebody through that channel, it is really amazing. And, and by the way, some people are really natural to TikTok, some, and I don't get it, right? I'm not, And I'm not good at Instagram. Um, I'm not really good. I'm not, I can't figure it out. I can't figure I'm not really good at YouTube, but when I'm, I'm good at, I'm good at LinkedIn. I'm good at, I'm okay at Facebook, but I'm good at the audio channel. Mm -hmm. I get it. I understand it. I, the producing it is not that challenging to do. So I guess you figure out not only what you want to say on a consistent basis to make it entertaining and informative, but something that you really that you're more natural to that you're drawn to. Yeah. And so that's where I think the opportunity is. And and honestly, the most people in the marketing space are are probably, you know, good. <laughs> they're good for the audio channel, not necessarily the video channel. So let's just we'll just keep it at that. Well, it, unless you're 
a marketing book podcast listener because I have the most attractive audience in all of podcast land. I've checked. I've met many of these people. They are a good-looking bunch. But, you know, enough about me and my audience. (laughs) Joe, I couldn't agree with you more when you say that now more than ever, you know, if no one takes anything else away from this conversation other than what we're drinking, the idea of uh, building your own audience is so powerful. And that's why I continue to recommend your book, Content Inc., because I have, like I have, for instance, I have a friend, and he's probably listening right now, but he, I'm not going to tell you his name, and he's been trying to get this enterprise going, and he's been trying to do it with live events. And I've been saying, Bob, and that is his real name, but I said, Bob, Bob, you're doing it the hard way, brother. You got to start with the, you start with building an audience, build an audience online, and then the other things come through. And then I start telling him about, you know, Content uh, Marketing Institute and about um, GoPro and Copy Blogger. And it all goes back to your book, Content Inc. And that, everyone should read your uh, A Will to Die, okay, or listen to it. But this might be, a really good time to go back and visit not all of Joe's books uh, right away. Start with, I would say, Content Inc. And can you just share with us a little bit more about that whole idea that's presented in the book Content Inc., where these companies were very successful, but they started by building an audience. As a matter of fact, there's a company in uh, Cleveland called Content Marketing Institute, and they did it, where you all started off in one direction, you built an audience, and it wasn't exactly working out, but your audience said, Joe, this is great, but here's what we need. Please, talk to us about it. Yeah, I mean, that. thank you very much. Um, the Content Inc. is is still probably the favorite, my favorite marketing book because anyone in any place in life can read that. And hopefully use it with the idea of, so my idea of entrepreneurship, if you're going to start a business, any kind of business, it's very, very risky to, the traditional business model is very risky to go out and say, oh, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to go door to door. I'm going to call them or I'm going to get leads or however you're going to get interest for your product. And I'm going to sell this product. It's very hard to do today. You take a lot of risk off the table. If you said, look, if you can be a little bit patient. And you can focus on who that audience is and deliver something amazing to them on a regular basis and build that audience of, let's say, email subscribers. And then once you build an audience that knows, likes, and trusts you, then you can pretty much sell them whatever you want. And in the case of Content Marketing Institute, uh, we we had a product that we launched in 2008. It was a vendor matching service. I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Nobody else did. And I was pushing this product. And finally, to your point… Uh, my subscribers to the blog and my email subscribers would email me and say, Joe, do you do consulting? Joe, do you do training and workshops? Joe, is there an event out there for content marketing? Joe, my team needs ongoing training and, and uh, for content marketing. Can you help? And then I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm trying to sell this other product. When they're asking, they're telling me to buy, they want to buy this other stuff. Yeah. They want to go to an event. They want ongoing training. They want all this stuff. And so we, you know, we we transformed the business model, created what became Content Marketing Institute. And 
you know, launched contentmarketinginstitute.com and launched Content Marketing World and Chief Content Officer Magazine and basically became a media company model. And it worked brilliantly. And we, it, I just realized, I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is the better way to launch a business. And by the way, even if you have a business, this is the way to launch your, you know, your ongoing content marketing initiative. Have the patience, deliver one thing consistently over time, build that audience. And then once you build that audience, then you can start selling your product and service. That's probably very much related to the content that you're delivering to them. But yeah, so that's, it doesn't have to cost a lot of money, but it does take time. So if somebody asks me, Joe, how long does it take? It takes at least 12 to 18 months to get this off the uh, off the ground. Now, it may sound like a lot, but when you're thinking about a whole career of a business, it it's it really isn't that much. That's why I think this is the perfect time to read that book and start on building uh, that audience. And I think years from now, there are companies that are out there, maybe some that are people that are listening to this right now, they're going to say, yep, you know what? I was at home. There was nothing else I could do. I'd always had this idea. I just got laid off or, or, or suddenly business was way off and I just started building an audience. And, and that's what happens. But you know, Joe Pulitzi, <sighs> enough about you. I want to talk about me. Um, <laughs> and here's what I mean by that. When you, it's, it's so typical and it's typical of me and it's typical of any kind of entrepreneur when you think, no, this is the greatest product in the world. This is really cool. This is what people want. And believe it or not, people will tell you what they want. So we go back to years and years ago when I first met the woman that I'm still married to. I'm still on my first marriage, 28 years. I know what everyone's thinking, (laughs) underachiever. But um, I remember I ran into her, uh, you know, I'd run into her a couple times. And of course, the first couple times I'd forgotten to get her phone number. Idiot. So anyway, I ran into her. We were living in New York City, and I I, I saw her again, and I said, hey, I'm uh, going to run in this uh, New York Roadrunners race. You know, it was a running club. And she said, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come too. And uh, I said, okay, great. And she had to, like, work the night before because she was a medical resident at the time. And uh, she said, well, I'll come there, and uh, if I had to work all night, I'll just be there to cheer you on. And if, if I'm able to get some sleep, I'll, I'll come run in it with you. And I thought, oh, wow, okay, great. Well, so, okay, so we kind of had a you know, meeting. Uh, we had a plan. So then uh, she showed up and she ran in the race. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> she let me uh, come in before she did, uh, which I think she probably could have beat me. But afterwards, it was starting to snow a little bit. And uh, this is maybe January or something. And she, I was chatting with her and she said, well, so my parents were going to come up for from Philadelphia, where I'm from. And, uh, but uh, because of the um, snow and everything, they're not uh, coming up. So I don't have any plans tonight. And I remember thinking, you know, for, for weeks, I was thinking, oh, man, maybe I should ask her out. Maybe I should ask her out. And it turns out she was thinking, like, when is this moron going to ask me out? <laughs> <laughs> so I said, oh, really? Well, um, would you like to maybe go get some dinner and maybe see a movie or something? And I still remember she stopped and said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> so That's so great. The point is that you were probably thinking it was so hard for you to understand, to pick up the signals. And so maybe it's a guy thing, probably, but it was hard to pick up the signals from your audience of, um, you know, Joe, we love you and everything. And this is kind of interesting. I hope it works out for you, but this is what we want. <laughs> you know, 
Uh, absolutely, because I was getting them for these messages for a year. And the only reason, it's funny because now we're coming back to what's going on right now. The only reason that I finally noticed it is because I, we just lost our biggest customer and I was out of money. And I'm like, doesn't that focus the mind? And it created a sense of urgency, which, by the way, is going on right now. Everyone, we need to create, if we create this sense of urgency, if you don't have it already, because a lot of us are in a position where there's a sense of urgency. So we're going to do things like this. Mm -hmm. But if you're not in that position, you have to create your own sense of urgency because you're right. Content Marketing Institute would have never happened until I hit rock bottom. (laughs) With the, uh, with the current business model, I said, what am I going to do now? Do I have to go find a real job? And I actually started to look for a job, and I was so depressed about it. Yeah. And then finally, I'm like, hey, there's a big opportunity right in front of me, but it, it had to have a brick hit me in the side of the head to see it. So, yes, but we're, we're at that point. Maybe your wife Pam helped with that. Yeah, well, she absolutely did. She had so much. She's, I don't know how she has so much patience with me. You know, it's but, funny. My wife's name is Pam, too, and there must be something about being named Pam. and. As we talked about, The Will to Die is dedicated to Pam. And so, of course, I saw that in the book and I thought, so I told my <laughs> wife, I said, you know, this Joe Polizzi, you've never met him, but he dedicated the book to you. And uh, then when I was interviewing you, you, you actually told me it was dedicated to your wife named Pam. And the, anyway, long story short. It was short, close. It was close. I didn't know which one, which right, Pam to go. Yeah. Yes, the, the, decided the, main thing, the one that I live with was, was, was more relevant. Right. And, but the, the one thing that really kind of stung me is I, so I was telling her all, my wife, Pam, about all this. And her response was, you have a podcast? <laughs> I, I just, so you know. You know, you do what you can, you know, yeah. and I, here I am with these kids, uh, my daughter's home, my, you know, uh, you talk about the generosity that's out there. My, and I've said this in some of these earlier series, um, my son, the EMT, my wife was concerned that, you know, he's out there on the front lines and oh, yes. uh, we thought, oh gosh, he's probably going to bring that virus home and, you know, he's doing what he needs to do. And it was just sort of a, you know, I guess a concern. Everyone's concerned about various things. Well, so we were thinking like, well, you know, son, is there some, maybe some place you could rent or we could rent for you. You could just kind of stay there. Last week, a resort company uh, who owns resorts around the world, they're called Diamond Resorts. They have a resorts in the oceanfront in Virginia Beach and all these hotels are empty pretty much. And they said, hey, if there's any medical first responders out there, uh, there are, you know, any COVID-19 first responders out there that want a hotel room, no charge, come to us. Oh, that's fantastic. And so, you know, they, and these are nice, uh, these are nice places. They've got like a full kitchen and everything. And he said, dad, I, I told him I'd like to. And they said, that's why we're doing it. <laughs> this really makes, <laughs> this makes us feel good. You know, the corporation and it's incredibly generous and believe me. Those people in the resort industry, they are really getting hammered right now. Oh, my gosh. The hotel hotel industry, cruise industry. I mean, this is, yeah. The, Live events, airlines. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I don't, you, you probably see this as well, but our friend Christopher Penn, you know, he puts out every day, he puts out articles about what's, go, what's going on. And he, today he said, you know, it took us three years to get over the Spanish flu. It took us, you know, five years and four years to get over these wars. 
I mean, it takes a long time to go through these types of events. So, I mean, he basically he's saying, you know, we're in it for the next couple of years. Not not the not the virus itself, but but what happens the after effects, the collateral, the damage. after effects of it. So yeah. that's where to to everything that you're doing. I mean, entrepreneurs out there, I've been I've been talking with a few of them here and there. I'm like, now's the time you've got to invest in certain things and totally cut back on. You know, I remember the ramen noodle and bologna years. I mean, this, this you have to do certain things so that you can make it through the next couple of years so that on the when you know when you make it through, things are going to be amazing. But it's just tough to see that right now. Yeah. Well, I will put a link to uh, Christopher Penn's blog because he's fantastic and he produces uh, content every day, I'm, I believe. And yeah, he's, he's got an e-newsletter with it, and he sends updates on what's going on with the yeah. uh, with the virus and all that kinds. Of, it's really it's really been helpful for me. I know but that. I'm also going to include a link to your website here, uh, so that people can subscribe to the random newsletter, which you send out every two weeks. I think every two weeks, a Thursday morning, every two weeks. If one's you want to learn how to do a newsletter, read this one. And I say that because if you didn't get it after two weeks, you might say, "Hey, what happened to Joe's?" Um, newsletter <laughs> which for me is the ultimate one of the ultimate metrics of a newsletter is that people would miss it if it didn't come out well thank you very much i it's it's funny i just i i picture you as my audience and i just start writing i'm like what does douglas need to know today and so well, i'm going to give that's you gonna so be a long you, newsletter the next one the next one you're going to get is very inspirational just you're going to love it Excellent, excellent. We'll make sure that everybody uh, has a link to that. This, the show notes for this can be found by going to marketingbookpodcast.com, and then we've got a special logo for authors in quarantine uh, getting cocktails. And we'll, we're going to do this until I run out of authors who have been on the Marketing Book Podcast or when the quarantine lifts, however that's determined, whichever comes first. But Joe Polizzi, you are a member in good standing of the Marketing Book Podcast Three Timers Club, and there aren't many people there. So um, this uh, will count as a fourth visit, but there'll be an asterisk there, kind of like uh, oh, Mark geez. McGuire or no. Jerry uh, Gary Bond's uh, baseball statistics. I, I got to tell you, I, I'm motivated to write more books just so I can <laughs> be, because I want to be the leader. And I know I'm not. I know I'm up in the top 10, but I'm oh, yeah. not the number one. And I want to be the number one, and I want to bump everybody else off of there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start writing more. I'm gonna be prolific. I'm gonna be on a couple times this year with new books. I think. So, excellent, there you go. excellent. And as I said to uh, you when I interviewed you about the will to die, at one point in my uh, when I was much younger, I was working at the big J. Walter Thompson Advertising Agency in New York City, and the creative director was this guy who wrote novels on the side and. Uh, that guy was James Patterson. <laughs> and, Such a great story. Uh, and My goodness. I remember in the training program, he came through and he said, okay, I'm talking to you about creative. And I'm also going to tell you how to make a million dollars in advertising by the time you're 30. And it was like, oh, well, yeah, he's talking to our self-interest and uh, we're quite interested. And so he... He gave his talk, and then at the very end, several of the uh, my fellow trainees said, uh, hey, 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 what about that making a million dollars in the advertising by the time you're 30? And he turned to us and said, oh, yeah, write trashy novels on the side. So, Joe, <laughs> you're so not good. pulling it anyway. James Patterson did so well that he left his uh, very successful advertising career. But James Patterson better watch his butt because Joe Polizzi is, uh, is roaring in 
And uh, I hope that you don't stop writing those. You can stop writing the marketing books if you want to, but we, we kind of need you at this point to keep going. <laughs> got to do, yeah, got to take our minds away from some of the stuff. All yeah. right, I'm on it. I'm All on the right. task. Well, Joe, thanks very much for joining us in this special edition of Authors in Quarantine Getting Cocktails. How are you? Good, good. Better now that I'm talking to you. <laughs> hey, you're growing out the beard. Well, you know, got to be like Joe, man. It's uh, it's my coronavirus beard. So, jeez, oh, uh, you look very distinguished. Oh man. Well, we'll see. You know what? I've never gone this long without shaving before. It's a new world. Oh man, everything's changed. It's all upside down. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I have the last Corona beard. <laughs> this is great. I have the last one available. What are you drinking? That looks like bourbon. Uh, right now, I'm I'm working on uh, Balvenie uh, single malt scotch. Nice. Have you ever had this? No, I have not. Well, we're gonna have to do something about next, that. Yeah, next next time I see it, we'll have yeah. to you'll have to show me the ways of scotch. <laughs> are you doing these daily now? You yeah, are, aren't you? Yeah. Well, no, I still do my weekly wow. real interview. But now, every day for the cocktail hour, I get to talk to a luminary like yourself. And then, so this will publish. <laughs> That's nobody's ever said luminary. No, nobody's ever referred to me as a luminary. That's well, the first. To me. Book it. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, except on Friday, I'm not going to publish it. But otherwise, I'm doing them every day. What else am yep. I going to do, man? Okay, here we go. Okay. <laughs> 